Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here at 6 o'clock on a Friday as we bring you our very first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here, right now for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top stories this morning immigration bills face tough sledding on Capitol Hill, and the magic get a big man. We'll have details coming up in one minute. Could Trump be caving on zero tolerance? Say it ain't so. And what's in those two House immigration bills? Next on Good Morning Orlando. 601 on News Radio 1025. In Washington, House Republicans are postponing a vote on compromise immigration reform until next week. A more hardline bill was voted down in the House yesterday. Meanwhile, on the Senate floor, Florida Republican Marco Rubio urged Congress to act on separations of immigrant families. He and GOP colleagues have introduced legislation that will allow us to house families together while pending their hearing. Some will qualify for asylum and get to stay. Others will have to return together. Is it perfect? No. The United States government is not in the business of housing families. Rubio says the Senate bill adds 200 new judges to help expedite asylum hearings for cases that involve families with children. First Lady Melania Trump is being criticized for wearing a jacket that read, I really don't care, on her way to an immigrant children's detention center. The fashion choice got backlash on social media with many expressing bewilderment over the statement. A spokesperson for the First Lady said there was no deep meaning in the jacket. But then the president tweeted what the jacket was all about. And, of course, the anti-Trump forces exploded. We'll get into the jacket later in this hour, Alan. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A new Fox News poll shows Florida Republicans are still somewhat undecided on who they'll support in the governor's race. The poll shows two candidates getting about half of GOP support. State Agriculture Commissioner Adam Putnam with 32 percent and Congressman Ron DeSantis with 17 percent. But those numbers aren't set in stone. 39 percent of Florida Republicans remain uncommitted to a candidate and nearly half who have decided say they could change their mind before November. Where the candidates stand on issues could sway support. Top concerns for Florida Republicans, immigration, health care, the economy, and gun control in the race to succeed two-term Governor Rick Scott, who's running for the Senate. Gernal Scott, Fox News. SpaceX has a milestone to celebrate. The company's been awarded the first military contract for its Falcon Heavy rocket. The Air Force is giving SpaceX $130 million to launch a classified mission in 2020, The Falcon Heavy is the world's most powerful rocket, and it just completed its first demonstration flight four months ago. Three Kissimmee residents are facing charges for running a credit card skimming operation. The State Agriculture and Consumer Services Department says the suspect stole credit and debit card info from gas station pumps. That information was then allegedly used to make fake cards that were used to fill bladder trucks with gas that was then sold on the black market. The Orlando Magic had the number six pick in last night's NBA draft and selected Texas center Mohamed Bamba. The seven-footer averaged 3.7 blocks in his lone season with the Longhorns. Magic president of basketball operations, Jeff Weltman. Uh, we are elated to get Mo Bamba. We, um, we uh, jumped through the roof when he was available, and um, we look forward to a very bright future. With Mo. And Mo Bamba is looking forward to coming to Orlando. I'm very excited to, to be a part of the team. I know a lot of the guys. I know John, you know, pretty extensively. And he's a guy who, who I've known since I was in high school. Bamba referring to Magic forward Jonathan Isaac. 
The Magic also picked up Tulane forward Melvin Frazier and Maryland forward Justin Jackson in round two. I was talking with our colleagues around the corner here in the building and our sister station for sports, 96.9 The Game. They said this guy's got a 7-foot, 10-inch wingspan. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, he's he can reach out wider than he is tall at 7 feet, which is really going to clog up the middle. They say he's just a brilliant guy, well-read chess player, a really cool guy. So he could be a great addition to this team. Well, if the Magic make the NBA chess playoffs, uh, we'll be in good shape. <laughs> WFLA News Time is 6.05. Prince Charles has an interesting nickname for Meghan Markle. That story is online at 1025wfla.com. Uh-oh. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, Prince Charles... Not the most exciting guy in the world. No. And the nickname follows suit. Okay. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. He's Alan, that uh, governor's race poll is interesting. If something doesn't change, you know, I can hear the inauguration. You know, I undecided to solemnly swear. 39% undecided still. And that's been pretty uh, consistent in all the polls, also on the Democratic side. Yeah, I know. it. We're getting a little too close to the race for that many people not to have connected with this. I guess they will over time, history would suggest. Alan Spector with the news every Friday. He'll be back at the bottom of the hour and checking for whatever news might break along the way. Executive producing in the control room, Yaffe, fresh from his primetime show Beyond Reason last night on WFLA. A lot of immigration talk there. And Stephanie will be taking your calls at 407-916-5400. The text line open, never busy, 23680. Standard message and data rates apply there. We're going to get into what's in these two immigration bills in the House, one of which has already failed. The other, as Alan told you, has been kicked all the way into next week. Um, And a question that will emerge from that for you, I'm a hardliner on immigration and illegal immigration, all right? I really am. But I believe Trump's wall will solve so many problems, not only with illegal immigration, but with drugs across the border, the potential for terrorism, all kinds of other things. And there are conservatives who are saying they will not vote for the House bill that is still to come because along with $25 billion in upfront funding for the Trump wall, all the money that's needed to do it, they won't vote for it because it it includes... What they say is amnesty for the dreamers. I don't want amnesty for anybody, but you got to compromise for the greater good of getting what you want, and we need the wall. And if that's what it takes to get it, my question to you is this. Would you be okay with amnesty for the dreamers in one form or another if we got the wall? I would be in a heartbeat. Let me take your temperature on that, fellow conservatives. 407 916 5400, call me now. We'll put you on the text line 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. One thing concerns me with the president. Yeah, he caved on the uh, the whole families controversy, no doubt about that. But he's been he's been saying it's still going to be zero tolerance. But now there's an indication in the administration they may be crumbling on that, too. And that I will not buy. It's all ahead here, and stay tuned right after an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. We'll get to that and more. The president's absolutely right about what the Democrats are, are up to. 
But if you need some Democrat votes to get something passed on immigration reform and to get the wall in the House, but particularly the Senate, I don't know. I guess I would suggest maybe we ought to schmooze them a little bit right now. Sometimes I think the president doesn't give a rip what what anybody thinks of him. Other times I think he's more sensitive to public opinion than almost any president I have ever observed. I hope he'll take note of this poll as to where, according to Rasmussen, most Americans place the blame for this situation on the border with his illegal parents coming across being rounded up under zero tolerance and being separated from their kids while their case is adjudicated. According to Rasmussen, most Americans don't blame the Trump administration for these couple of thousand-plus kids who've been separated from their parents down at the border. Rasmussen says 54% of likely voters surveyed said they think those parents are more to blame for breaking the law, which is absolutely right. Only 35% said the government, meaning Trump and company, is more to blame for the crisis. Interesting Rasmussen poll there. The president, while he caved on separating illegal alien parents from their kids while they're being prosecuted for crossing the border illegally, yesterday explained why he has been, and I hope this will continue more on this in a moment, hanging tough on his commitment to his zero-tolerance policy when it comes to illegals. If we took zero tolerance away, you would be overrun as a You'd have millions of people pouring through our border. If you took zero tolerance away, everybody would come. I agree with that, Mr. President. That's why I don't want you to cave on this. There's some reporting that the administration is starting to back away from zero tolerance. I'm not going there with them on that one. But if you don't think zero tolerance is an important deterrent to more of these families coming across the border, I want you to listen to these two moms on the Mexico side of the border speaking to Fox yesterday through an interpreter. I just found out yesterday, and if this is so, I'll just go back. I don't want to be separated from my kid. There you go. And we had another cut as well, didn't we, Yaffe? Let's listen to that. If it comes to the choice where I have to choose between my kids and crossing, I'll keep my kids. There you go. So zero tolerance clearly a deterrent. This is what concerns me now. CNN and the Washington Post are both reporting now um, that the Trump administration is saying up front still that it's zero tolerance on the border, but they've got some email traffic, they claim, that indicates that they essentially have given up, at least for now, on a zero tolerance policy with this situation with these families on the border. Okay. Now, the Justice Department said in response to this reporting, there's been no change in the department's zero-tolerance policy to prosecute adults who cross the border illegally instead of claiming asylum at any one of those ports of entry along the border, okay? But here's the deal. Because Customs and Border Protection has to refer cases to justice for prosecution, they have decided, apparently, according to this reporting, to stop referring parents to the Justice Department for prosecution. So essentially, it's ripped the heart out of zero tolerance. Uh, I want more confirmation on that, but I've got a real problem if that is the route we are going. Mr. President, do not cave on zero tolerance. I think it's an exercise in futility with these pieces of legislation on immigration reform making the way through the House of Representatives. One of them went down in flames yesterday. One of them's got to be retooled, and as Alan said, is being delayed until next week. 
And then you got what I think is a fatal roadblock in the United States Senate where 60 votes will be required. But I want to tell you what went down yesterday, and I want to tell you about the bill that they are still working on called the Compromise Bill and get your take on it. But my question coming out of that conversation for you, and I'd love you to get in early and tell me where you are on this, Apparently, there are a lot of conservatives who are not willing to vote for any of these bills if they contain any form of amnesty for any illegals, including the Dreamers, brought to this country when they were kids by their illegal parents, okay? They will not vote for a bill that contains $25 billion up front for the wall if it contains any form of amnesty? I think that's stupid. And short-sighted, the wall will solve so many problems related to this and many other issues, drugs, terrorism, whatever, in a way that nothing else can. I'm all for the wall. I will accept amnesty for the dreamers in a heartbeat if I can have the wall. How do you see that? I want to know. 407-916-5400 and our text line 23680. Standard message and data rate supply there. The bill that went down in flames yesterday needed 218 votes. It only got 193. 41 Republicans were opposed to it, along with all 190 Democrats who voted. Um, This was the hardline immigration bill. Would have sharply reduced legal immigration, beefed up border security. It did include money for Trump's wall. It would crack down on so-called sanctuary cities and require employers to use an Internet-based system called E-Verify to confirm that they're hiring legal workers. I like so much that is in this bill. I really do. It also would have offered a three-year renewable legal status to DACA recipients, but not a path to citizenship. That's down and out. Now, the compromise bill kicked into next week. They are tweaking. It's got trouble because the reason I just cited, it does have money for the wall, but you got conservatives who are saying, I want the wall, but I won't vote for this to get the wall if it includes any form of amnesty for any illegals. And it does include a path to citizenship, the compromise bill for illegals. They're, they're tweaking it. They're going to throw E-Verify into it reportedly to try to get more votes. Um, what else can I tell you about it? I think I've told you enough. Listen, I know I've negotiated a bunch of contracts over my broadcasting career. You don't get everything you want. Neither side does in an effective negotiation. Politically, it's totally unrealistic to say, we want the wall first, then we'll talk about the rest of the stuff. That's the way it should be. That's not the way it is or is likely to be. I would do anything to get the wall fully funded and built. I want to know where you stand. Would it, even if it included some form of amnesty for the Dreamers in particular? Robert in DeBerry on this. Good morning, Robert. Hey, good morning, bud man. Happy Friday. Yes, sir. And you as well. I'm thrilled that it's Friday. It needs to be Friday. Hey, that wall is so important on so many aspects. But one it thing is. hardly anybody mentions is, I was reading where 80% of the opioids are coming through the southern border. Last year, was almost 50,000 young people died. And what kills me is the Democrats always act like they're the party of empathy, but it's a stadium full of people. It's never even discussed. You talk about separating families. What about the opioid crisis? 
Not right. only not I'll only do you have separation by death, you got separation by people going into drug treatment to get straightened out and all it's kinds so of addictive. problems. It's so addictive. It causes robbery. It causes so many problems. I know it. And, it's that, never and discussed. I, 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 well, I've discussed it here, and I mentioned it earlier, but I'm glad you reinforced it, Robert, and you're absolutely right. There are many bipartisan um, uh, things about about building the wall that are good for everybody, anybody who cares about this country, the drug situation, cutting off a path for terrorists to come in, et cetera, et cetera. Gangs coming in across the border, the MS-13, where do you think they get into the country from? Give me a break. Helen, good morning to you. You're in Orlando. Uh, Yes, Uh, Trump got played by the media. And no, no amnesty for anybody. What about if we get the wall, but we have no, to give it for the dreamers? You won't do it. You, and listen, you don't need the wall to heal this country. You need common sense and the will to do it. We have confiscation for bringing drugs into this country. We confiscate the assets of anybody hiring an illegal alien or or protecting an illegal Right, alien. E-Verify, etc. I just think you need more and things the wall will only provide. Yaffe, your thoughts on all of this? Well, I kind of agree with you. This might be the last chance to be able to get the wall. So, but I mean, I understand the other side because they don't trust Congress because they've made promises in the past to build border fencing and then they haven't followed through on it. And the Democrats are just, it's all about it's all about obstructing and destroying Trump. It really oh, is. of course it is. Zero votes yesterday on this thing. Give me a break. And and, there's and not going to be any in the future. They understand it could help the opioid crisis. They understand, you know, keeping the gangs and the criminal element out. The wall would do it, and they won't do it because they loathe Trump. And I just, you know, I, maybe it's just too late, but I hate the idea that, 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 that Trump just continues to slam the Democrats, from whom he does need votes. Yeah, but even if he doesn't, I don't think they're going to... I don't think they're going to join them because they think this is a political winner for them, especially in the midterms. Yep. Bottom of the hour, Alan Spector brings us the news on Friday. Slow going for this immigration reform effort on Capitol Hill. He's got more on it. And the Tampa Bay Bucs quarterback, Jameis Winston, going to be suspended for several games. What's that all about? We'll find out. Stay tuned. It's Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Good Friday morning to you. Welcome aboard at 6.30. Good morning, Orlando. Good Friday morning to you. Alongside me now, as he is every Friday, bringing us the news, Alan Spector, and particularly for those of you just joining us, uh, you've got more for us on this immigration impasse on Capitol Hill. That's right, bud. Republican leaders are delaying a vote on an immigration bill that had the backing of the president. Fox's Jared Halpern has more from Capitol Hill. A planned vote on what's described as a consensus immigration bill drafted by House Republican leaders was put on hold first so rank-and-file Republicans could get questions answered. After that session, the decision was made by GOP leaders to hold off on a vote until next week. This will give us time, I think, to work out our differences. We have a lot of different factions in our, our conference. But House Homeland Security Committee Chairman Michael McCall is still optimistic Republicans will find the votes. A more conservative immigration bill was defeated in the House Thursday. More than 40 Republicans voted no, along with every Democrat. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. U.S. Senator Bill Nelson will be in South Florida tomorrow to visit the Homestead Temporary Shelter for Unaccompanied Children. The Florida Democrats office says he'll speak to some of the 94 children there who were separated from their families and find out exactly what's being done to reunite them with those families. Despite denying him access to the facility Tuesday, 
Health and Human Services Department officials have assured Nelson that he will be allowed inside the facility to meet with the kids when he arrives tomorrow afternoon. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Thanks to a new U.S. Supreme Court ruling, you'll have to pay state sales tax when you buy something online. Although economist Kurt Wenner with Florida Tax Watch says technically you've always been required to pay. This money is, has always legally been owed, so, but no, you know, most people don't realize it. You know, they're actually supposed to contact the Florida Department of Revenue and get this form to fill out and remit the taxes that they pay, that they should have paid online. Now the court says the state can require online businesses to collect state sales tax even if they have no physical presence in the state. Wenner says that will help state revenue and remove a disadvantage for brick-and-mortar businesses who could also benefit if the windfall allows Florida to lower business taxes or the overall sales tax rate. Yeah, I'll have some thoughts on that, and that'll be coming up here in a couple of minutes, Alan. Thanks for setting the table. Sure thing. Something new is coming to Orlando International Airport. Travelers headed overseas as well as arriving international passengers will have to go through a facial scan. Phil Brown with the Greater Orlando Aviation Authority says it'll improve the travel experience. For passengers arriving, you'll see that the, the processing time of Customs Border Protection is significantly reduced because of the technology. Brown says Orlando International will be the first airport in the nation to have face scanning technology for arrivals and departures. Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston is facing a three-game suspension to begin the 2018 NFL season. Multiple reports say the league will suspend Winston for allegedly groping an Uber driver in Scottsdale, Arizona in March 2016. Ryan Fitzpatrick would likely start under center in Winston's absence. WFLA News Time 637. I'm Alan Spector, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Thanks, Alan. When we continue with Gina Cervetti coming in live from New York City's Bloomberg Newsroom with the daily Bloomberg Business Report. Good Friday morning to you, Gina. Good Friday morning to you. So how do we do yesterday in the markets, and what are those futures saying to you as you view them this morning? The 5-4 decision in the United States Supreme Court yesterday uh, that expands the ability of states um, to get sales tax revenue from these online retailers. It reverses a 1992 high court decision that held that online retailers could only be required to collect and remit sales taxes if they had stores or some other uh, physical presence in a state, like Amazon has been for several years because they have these fulfillment centers, okay? But these smaller online operations have no physical presence in states. They have some kind of central location, maybe mom and pop's garage or whatever, okay? And um, I, I think this is important to level the playing field. I mean, we have enough malls that are turning into ghost towns now as brick-and-mortar stores are having a hard time staying in business. Um, as, as people choose to shop online, they like the convenience, the way Amazon and others have developed uh, systems to just deliver whatever you want to your doorstep. And, um, you know, they there are sales tax on everything you buy when you go out to the mall or a strip mall or wherever you go shopping, okay? And the, the playing field, I think, needs to be leveled. And as the trend is more and more toward online here, They've got to be 
they've got to be paying sales tax too. You've got to be paying sales tax on whatever you buy online. I think you have to level the playing field or you're going to turn all of these malls and strip malls into ghost towns. But there is also a very big stake for all of us as Florida taxpayers, whether we're in the retail business or not. We're all taxpayers, and we fund most of our of our state on the sales tax revenue here. And as more and more people go to online, if you don't have this Supreme Court ruling leveling the playing field, seems pretty clear to me that ultimately sales tax revenue is going to go down. Now, you may not like the sales tax, but you're going to have to have some kind of a tax, you know, to run the government and the programs and build the roads and do all of this. And if you don't want an income tax, and I don't want that here in Florida, you need to have a viable sales tax revenue source going forward as shopping tastes change. And that's why I'm in favor of this 5-4 ruling. And uh, most of the conservatives on the court uh, voted this way, reflecting the change in, in, in the way people are shopping. You agree with me, Yaffe? we got to level the playing field. And for the state of Florida, you know, unless you want them to say, hey, listen, sometime in the future, as more and more people are going online to shop, and if they are not having to pay sales tax, then all of a sudden they're going to say, we don't have enough anymore. Now we need the income tax. And I think this is a great hedge against it. Well, your second point is well taken. We would definitely have to have a tax to replace it. In terms of leveling the playing field, I don't think it really levels the playing field. I don't think the lower taxes is why people buy online. I think mostly they buy online for the convenience and to cut out the middlemen because there's less labor involved. One of the one of the things that really concerns me about this, though, is there are a lot of small businesses who start up online and they just sell online. Right. It's going to be very, very cumbersome for them if people are buying all different parts of the country and they have to kind of keep track of all that and pay sales taxes to each state that they're selling to. That's really hard for a small startup business online yeah. that they're trying to do. That, that was kind of one of the issues with this in the beginning. Yeah. I think the Supreme Court, you know, took a look at it, you know, and, and you know, and they felt like on balance this needed to be done. So we'll see how it plays as it is implemented. But I think there's significant stakes here for all of us as taxpayers in the state of Florida. Melania heads for Texas and the border to uh, connect to how things are going for those kids of the illegals. And um, she wears a jacket that is a product you could buy online. It isn't anything that, that she put this on herself in terms of the lettering on the back that read as follows. I really don't care, do you? Her spokeswoman says, it's just a jacket. It doesn't mean anything. Why don't we focus on the good work the First Lady was doing in Texas along the border? But then the president weighed in with a tweet and told us what he says, that message on the jacket, I really don't care, do you, that Melania wore yesterday, what it really means. She hasn't said this, but the president has, and I'll tell you what the president tweeted. What do you think that message means? I really don't care, do you? And big white letters on the back of a jacket Melania was wearing yesterday. I think she's sending some kind of message. Who would wear that? If you're the first lady of the United States, you know there's going to be a firestorm and social media is going to light up. Why would you wear that if you're not sending a message? I don't think the president's necessarily got the message right, but I don't know what the message is. Do you? Or is there none? 
I really don't care, do you, on the back of the jacket of the First Lady yesterday. Everybody's talking about it, so I thought I'd give you a shot. 407-916-5400 and the, um, the text line 23680. In a moment, an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Melania never said anything about whether there was a message, but her spokeswoman said, come on, there's no message, it's just a jacket that she liked. Let's focus on the good work she's doing on the Texas border. But two hours later, President Trump tweeted this. I really don't care, do you? Written on the back of Melania's jacket refers to the fake news media. Melania has learned how dishonest they are, and she no longer, truly, no longer cares. Is that what it means? I don't know. And, I mean, and, and she hasn't confirmed that, but it flies in the face of what her spokeswoman said, that there was no message. I feel like if you're somebody that prominent, the First Lady, you know it's going to attract attention. You have to put that on thinking you want to convey some kind of message. But I'm not at all sure it has to do with fake news. Yaffe, Steph, what's your take on this jacket flap? I don't know. I think you're looking a little too deeply into this. I think her spokesperson was probably right. She's had this jacket for a while. It might be like a personal statement. Like, you know, I don't care. That's why people buy it. Because they're just kind of like, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want kind of thing. What about but it from a woman's a perspective, statement. Steph? Message or no message? I don't know. I mean, Yaffe could be right. But then again, to me, like, come on. Like, you're going to the border and you're wearing that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. She, that uh, was definitely not good uh, PR to wear that when you're talking about kids at the border. Well, you know, <laughs> it could lead people who hate the Trumps, of course, you know, to, to yeah. think. And there were some in the media who were saying, what do you mean? You don't care about these kids? You really don't care about these kids. You're going down there. It's just a photo op, you know, to get the heat off the president. But I think the president, I don't know. I don't think he was joking here. I just don't see Melania wearing something to try and uh, tear into the to the fake news media. <laughs> I don't either. I, I just don't buy that. I, I just <laughs> I'm don't. I'm with you on that. So I don't. I can't figure it out. Maybe you can. John, good morning from Orlando. John, good morning. You're on with a Bud Man. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Yeah, talk to me quickly. Yes, um, I was just saying that uh, that I don't see anything wrong with what she's wearing. Maybe the timing issue possibly i just don't know I mean, what it means if it means anything the president says it means something sir spokesman says it, it doesn't well i mean i'm looking at what people are wearing nowadays as far as lettering on their shirts and there's a lot more vulgar stuff going on out there but as the first lady going to mexico maybe a bad idea but at the same time maybe she's sending a message to the left like hey look we don't care what you think don't care what I think. Oh, maybe it's a message to the left. Man, that that could be it. That That's actually more likely uh, for me, you know. But, I okay, thank you, John, very much. I don't know. It's not important we solve this mystery. Only Melania can solve it, and she hasn't spoken yet. I just can't believe someone on her staff didn't see it and said, maybe you shouldn't wear that today. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. How could you not? That's an obvious, no, no, what's Pick a different jacket Yeah, today. you got 75 jackets in the closet, you know, <laughs> right? that can keep the rain off you in McAllen, Texas. Maybe we'll pick another one. Especially when we're going to visit kids at the border. I mean, come on. Yeah, but this is the jacket that I am wearing, so that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Melania, but I, I don't know. I just don't think the president's right. Maybe we'll learn more today. We'll kind of watch for it. It's not the most important thing out there, but it seems to be what everybody's talking about. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Friday 
Here at 7 o'clock, Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated just for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top stories this morning an immigration bill is rejected, and another is delayed, and the Orlando Magic get taller. We've got details coming up in one minute. <laughs> Immigration, the border, and a full load of Trump derangement syndrome updates. You don't want to miss it. It's next on Good Morning Orlando. 703 on News Radio 1025. House Republicans plan to vote on a compromise immigration bill next week. A more hardline bill failed yesterday as more than 40 Republicans joined Democrats in voting no. Now, a vote on the compromise bill was originally scheduled yesterday, but was then postponed. Republican leaders said they want to give members a little more time to study that bill. Meanwhile, U.S. Senator Marco Rubio says those who support immigration reform are not anti-immigration. The reason why a nation of immigrants has a significant percentage of Americans that frankly want to see immigration significantly slashed is not because they've forgotten where they came from, but because they think this thing's out of control. Because they're okay with 1 million people or 800,000 people a year coming legally. What they're not okay with is anyone who wants to come coming anytime they want, anywhere they want. The Florida Republican spoke on the Senate floor in support of a GOP bill that would require families to remain together while their immigration cases are heard and would add more judges to speed up those hearings. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Orlando police have released the 911 call from a woman last week who told the dispatcher her ex-boyfriend was back in her apartment with her four children and he had a gun. Sierra Lopez had escaped the apartment and was calling from a nearby 7-Eleven. What apartment complex is this? Um, Westbrook. Westbrook? Okay, and you're obviously not there. What's going on there? Um, um, he hurt me and he took my phone and right now he's in my house and he has a gun and there's four children in the dog. Okay, what's your name, ma'am? Officer Kevin Valencia was shot in the face as police responded to the apartment complex near Universal Orlando. The nearly 21-hour standoff ended with police discovering the bodies of all four children in the apartment, along with the body of Gary Lindsay Jr., who had taken his own life after shooting the children in their beds. A funeral mass for those kids, two boys and two girls ages 1 to 11, is scheduled for tomorrow at St. James Cathedral in Orlando. Officer Valencia's condition is improving. He's now breathing on his own. Yeah, that was the word yesterday, and we don't have a further update to it, I don't believe. Thanks, Alan. Bud Bethune-Cookman University's financial problems are raising concerns for a major credit rating agency. Fitch Ratings this week announced it has downgraded BCU to junk bond status. The new rating of BB Plus means the Daytona Beach School could have problems paying its debt. Fitch tells the Daytona Beach News Journal that low fundraising numbers were one of the main reasons for the downgrade. The Orlando Magic just got taller, selecting seven foot center Mo Bamba from the University of Texas in last night's NBA draft. Magic president of basketball operations Jeff Weltman. He will be the longest player in the NBA, 7'10 wingspan. And um, he's already, in his short time playing in college, proven to be an elite-level shot blocker. And he's got good feet. He's a smart player. And Mo Bamba talked about what he brings to the Magic. Well, one thing that, 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 that I bring that, you know, that, that is, makes me who I am is my presence. My presence and my, my ability to stretch the floor and my ability to guard any position. In the second round, Orlando took two-lane forward Melvin Frazier and Maryland forward Justin Jackson. WFLA News Time is 7.06. How dog lovers create anxiety in dogs. 
Caesar Milan explains online at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thanks, Alan. Alongside Alan Spector, the Bud Man here, Yaffe at the controls, and Stephanie taking calls at 407-916-5400. Or come at us through the text line to let us know what you think on the hot topic of the moment. It's always open on the text line to you at 23680. But, of course, standard message and data rates apply there. Yaffe just handed me a couple of fresh Trump tweets that relate to this immigration bill impasse on Capitol Hill. Looks like a bit of a shift in strategy by the president. We'll have that. We'll get into what's going on with these bills, the situation on the border. And um, boy, I got to tell you, Trump derangement syndrome. I've got a major update in a moment. You don't want to miss it. And uh, of course, we will welcome you to the conversation, whether you just want to listen or if you want to call or text to be heard. An update first, though, on Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'll give you these interesting um, Trump tweets here in just a moment. But um, the first of two immigration bills went down in flames yesterday, as we knew it would, in the House of Representatives. It was kind of a hardline immigration bill. Uh, It needed 218 votes because there were zero votes from the Democrats, as we knew. They're totally obstructing um, uh, the the president's agenda in every way they can, and they all stood together. Um, it failed. They only got 193 votes. 41 Republicans were in opposition to this, okay? So there's the compromise bill that they were going to vote on today. Now they kicked it to Saturday. Now they've kicked it to next week, and um, it's got problems. It is a... Um, it is a deal negotiated by, uh, by moderate and conservative Republicans that, among other things, would provide a path to citizenship for... Um, these uh, for these dreamer immigrants brought into this country by their eagle, illegal parents when they were kids, and they are still here now, largely as grown-ups. It would also keep the compromise bill, migrant families together down at the border, and it also would be full funding for the president's border wall. I mean, it, not just a down payment, but the $25 billion needed to build it, okay? Um, because there's there's a degree of amnesty in this, a lot of conservatives uh, in the House are saying, yeah, yeah, we want the wall, but we're not voting for anything with anything like amnesty for Dreamers or anybody else because it's going to kill us during the midterm. So this is going nowhere. And if it ever did pass anything in the House, it's going down in the Senate because you need 60 votes there. And that is just not going to happen without any Democrat support. And I think the president is shifting his strategy, saying he's pretty much thrown in the towel on this legislative session in Capitol Hill. Um, And here is what he's tweeting. Even if we get 100 percent Republican votes in the Senate, we need 10 Democrat votes to get a much needed immigration bill. And the Democrats are obstructionists who won't give votes for political reasons and because they don't care about crime coming across the border. So we need to elect more Republicans. Um, Interesting, Yaffe, that we now know, I just saw it on Fox, the president's going to meet with the families of, of people, American citizens, who were killed by illegal aliens allowed into this country. Yeah, they're called angel families, and that's right. I think it's a smart political move, honestly. Yeah, I, and I really do. And uh, here is what else the, the president has tweeted. Elect more Republicans in November. We'll pass the finest, fairest, and most comprehensive immigration bills anywhere in the world. Right now, we have the dumbest and the worst. The Democrats are doing nothing but obstructing. Remember their motto, resist. Ours is produce. 
you know, the economy on fire. That's a that's a great reminder to voters because people vote with their wallets more than anything else. And the Democrats are scared to death. There's not going to be a blue wave. There's going to be a red wave. And that's what the president is trying to chum the waters to get here, I think. That is a brilliant line. I give Trump a lot of credit for that. Theirs is resist. Ours is produce. Yeah. That's good. It is good. That is good. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, if you want to weigh in on these House bills and where all of this is going, and it looks like the president has said, uh, listen, that's it for anything on immigration and the wall or whatever for this for this session of Congress. we got to get enough Republicans in there so we can get all of this done next time around. That would fly in the face of what normally happens in the first midterm for a first term uh, of a presidency here when the opposing party picks up a lot of seats. But the more and more you look at the polls on all of this, it looks like there could be a Republican red wave and not the big blue wave Pelosi, Schumer, and the Democrats have been have been touting and talking about and praying for. So the potential is there. Yeah, interesting shift by the president. Um, the anti-Trump media machine, the Hollywood leftists, they always have the pedal to the metal when it comes to Trump derangement syndrome. They go to sleep angry at this man in every way, loathing him, hating him, and they wake up feeling even worse. Well, we do have a Trump derangement syndrome update for you on that controversial Time magazine cover that is not what the left is trying to promote. And remember when Kirsten Nielsen, Homeland Security Secretary, was heckled and driven out of that restaurant the other night? Wait till you hear about one of the hecklers here and who she works for. And um, an ABC with an errant um, message on the screen, anti-Trump. Um, well, I'll give you in particular. They, 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 they put up on the screen when the president was speaking the other day that Manafort's pled guilty to five charges of manslaughter. Well, of course he hasn't. We'll get what's behind that. And... Uh, Jane Fonda's left-wing little brother, Peter Fonda, and the nasty tweet about Melania Trump and her son, Barron, he has now responded. And that's all ahead here on Good Morning Orlando, 407-916-5400, if you've got something to say on anything border immigration or Trump derangement syndrome, you call me, you text me, and uh, we'll talk. And I'll listen. You know, we've seen throughout our history, there are photographs that kind of become the definitive word on a particular um, moment in history, whether it's the raising of the flag on Iwo Jima by the U.S. Marines in World War II or the Twin Towers coming down on 9-11. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. They're always looking for that iconic photograph that captures the mood of the country. So Time Magazine, if you haven't seen their cover, the whole cover is bright Red, and then there is a little girl in tears looking up at President Trump, who is glaring down at her, almost with a look of contempt in his eyes. Of course, it's a photoshopped, created cover here. But the point Time Magazine wanted to make is, this cruel, heartless president, he doesn't care about this little girl on the border under zero tolerance separated from her mom. Turns out the picture is a lie. The father from Honduras has confirmed 
That little girl is crying, no question about it. But she's crying for some other reason, because she was never separated from her mother. That's Trump derangement syndrome and media bias. More of it. The other day, the president is speaking in the White House, and suddenly, for five seconds before they could pull it down, ABC News had this on the lower part of the screen. Manafort, one-time campaign manager for President Trump, who's now in jail. Manafort pleads guilty to five charges of manslaughter, and bang, it disappeared. He's never been charged with anything, much less manslaughter, for crying out loud. Pleaded guilty? Give me a break. ABC apologized for the area saying the error and saying there's no excuse. But now it looks like you had a hostile anti-Trump employee, and they were doing some rehearsing of how they put up the the headlines that you see on all television news stations all the time in the bottom of the screen or wherever it happens to be. And they have people who do that and people who train for that, and they practice and they rehearse. I remember it in local television news. And it looks like they've got an anti-Trumper there who was um, deciding, all right, we're going to practice. Let's make up something really bad for the president, okay? Anti-Trump bias, and it just keeps on rolling. What about Kirsten Nielsen, the Homeland Security Secretary, heckled and driven out of that Mexican restaurant the other night, okay? Turns out one of the leaders of this group of socialist protesters is a Department of Justice employee who was heckling the Homeland Security Secretary. Department of Justice comes under under the president, for crying out loud. And this is what we've got. Alison Raybar, remember the Democrat Socialists of America, um, and uh, the Washington Examiner is reporting that she is unrepentant. She says, hey, listen, I'm on my own time here. It's the First Amendment, and it feels really good to confront people who are actually responsible, which is what we have a unique opportunity to do here in Washington, D.C., that Nielsen is responsible for the situation with the kids and their families and the illegals on the border. And apparently, though, according to the Daily Caller, this young woman, Hebar, has made a habit of using social media to send political messages during her work hours. Okay? More anti-Trump bias and the Trump derangement syndrome. And then there is Jane Fonda's little left-wing brother, Peter Fonda, the washed-up actor. He, he Remember that when he, he tweeted the other day that 12-year-old Baron Trump ought to be ripped from his mother's arms and put in a cage with pedophiles? Melania called the Secret Service on him, and now, like the left is prone to do, an apology is all we need and we move on. Peter Fonda says, I went way too far. It was wrong. I should not have done it. I immediately regretted it and sincerely apologized to the family for what I said and any hurt my words have caused. I mean, the left is apoplectic. It's getting worse. And it is Trump derangement syndrome. I'm telling you, Yaffe, they're going crazy. Any thoughts on all of that? No? I was just I was just thinking it seems like the commies are like trying to infiltrate all parts of our government. You had the one at West Point. Who had that picture of the cat under his cap said communism will win. Yes. And now you have this commie in the Justice Department. (laughs) Where else are they? Yeah, yeah. Maybe McCarthy was right. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. A lot more coming, including remembrances of um, conservative Charles Krauthammer, who lost his battle against cancer. They did quite a job 
last night on the Fox News special report uh, remembering and honoring um, their conservative commentator and Pulitzer Prize-winning writer Charles Krauthammer. And I'll share some of that and some personal thoughts here as we move into our next half hour. Bottom of the hour right now, Alan Spector with the news. Slow going for immigration reform on Capitol Hill, to say the least. And Tampa Bay Bucks quarterback Jameis Winston is going to be suspended for the first three games of the season. What's that all about? You're about to find out. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio as we hit the halfway mark. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com and welcome aboard, one and all, at 7.30. Alan Spector joining us for the news. Alan, it occurs to me that, you know, you may be going nowhere fast if you're an Orlando commuter or if you are an immigration bill in the House of Representatives. What's the latest on that? I think you're right, bud. House Republican leadership offered two more opportunities for lawmakers to pass immigration reform yesterday. A conservative proposal failed when 41 Republicans and all Democrats voted no. Speaker Paul Ryan told reporters even if both bills fail, the immigration problem isn't going away. DACA is broken. The immigration system is broken. The border is not fully secured. These are facts. They need to be solved. House Democrats appear content to watch the GOP struggle with this issue once again. Their leader, Nancy Pelosi, blamed Republicans for a lack of outreach. They have not ever been interested. You know, they talk, and you, sometimes you all repeat it, that it's a compromise, but it is not a compromise. It may be a compromise with the devil, but it's not a compromise with the Democrats. On Capitol Hill, Mike Emanuel, Fox News. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. More Americans will travel for the 4th of July weekend than ever before. That's the prediction from AAA, which says nearly 47 million Americans will journey 50 miles or more away from home, a 5% increase from last year. That includes 2.4 million Floridians traveling over the holiday weekend. That's up 6.3% from a year ago, and that's despite the highest gas prices in several years. Well, gas prices have been especially high, but they are coming back down, which is great news. So, you know, I think that ultimately it's not something that would normally deter people from traveling. But the fact that gas prices are getting uh, more affordable, that means that those people who are making a last-minute decision are more prone to take a trip. AAA's Mark Jenkins says consumers remain confident in the economy and have additional disposable income to port toward a summer getaway. You know, I um, I pass six stations coming into work every morning, so I always check the gas prices. Okay, and it's down to two forty six at one station when it was two eighty nine just before Memorial Day. So that's a forty three cent drop. That makes a difference with the decisions people make, and we're seeing that all over. So that's that's good coming at this time. And that's why we call you Gas Bud. Absolutely. Well, well that's one reason. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. An armed robbery suspect is behind bars, <laughs> accused of leading investigators on a two-county chase. Orange County deputies say they were trying to arrest Damian Lopez last night on an outstanding armed robbery warrant. They say Lopez drove away from them, leading them on a chase from near the UCF campus in East Orange County into Seminole County, where Lopez veered off State Road 417 and crashed into an embankment. No one was hurt during the chase. Shopping online? Be ready to pay up. The U.S. Supreme Court says Florida and other states may require businesses to collect sales tax even without a physical presence in the state. Even though you'll pay more, economist Kurt Wenner with Florida Tax Watch says the additional revenue could mean you'll pay less in the long run. If there is a significant windfall in uh, additional revenue, that money could certainly be used to um, uh, lower other taxes. Wenner says that could include lowering the overall sales tax or eliminating the sales tax on business rentals. 
The Buccaneers may begin the 2018 season without starting quarterback Jameis Winston. Multiple reports say he's facing a three-game suspension for an alleged incident involving an Uber driver in Scottsdale, Arizona two years ago. Winston would miss games against the Saints, Eagles, and Steelers. And elsewhere, bud? Yes, sir. Colonel Sanders is getting a little creative. Kentucky Fried Chicken has announced they'll begin selling pickle fried chicken nationwide starting this Monday. What is going on with pickle flavoring? Sonic has now come out with a pickle-flavored shake that right. Deb was drinking. Um, I bought her one just to see if she'd like it. She said she loves pickle juice. Now, what's going on with the colonel here? Pickle fried chicken. I uh, have no idea what that involves. Uh, they also announced some other flavors, including Smoky Mountain Barbecue, Nashville Hot, and Georgia Gold Honey Mustard Barbecue. The flavors will be available for a limited time only. Kobe Bryant has an Oscar, but the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences is not letting him be a member. The former NBA star won the statue for his animated short film, Dear Basketball. While most people who win or are nominated for an Oscar are allowed into the Academy, the committee in charge feels Bryant needs to show a greater commitment to working in the movie industry. Ooh, Kobe, not in the starting lineup with the Hollywood crowd. Hard to believe. (laughs) And finally, bud, today is National Kissing Day. Relationship expert Marla Mattenses says studies show kissing boosts happiness by triggering the release of oxytocin, oxytocin rather, and serotonin. She says it's important for people in long-term committed relationships to remember that. Mattenses says if you can get in a couple of good kisses a day, you'll help calm your partner's system and trigger the release of happiness hormones. Okay. All right. That 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 works at home. Probably not recommended in the workplace anymore, right? Uh, me too? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think so. No, probably Time's not. Time's up, bud. No, probably not. Hey, I know you're a, a big baseball fan, and you, um, you had a, a, a great family trip over the past weekend. And among other things, you went to watch your beloved Yankees play the Washington Nationals in D.C., right? Yeah, had a great time. Uh, actually got uh, two for the price of one. They completed a suspended game and then yeah. another game that had been rained out. So got to see both with my uh, son and daughter-in-law up there in Washington. Charles Krauthammer, the great conservative uh, commentator on Fox and Pulitzer Prize winner, columnist, uh, winning columnist, went to all of the Nationals home games that he possibly could, was a mm-hmm. huge fan, and everybody knew it, and everybody loved him. He talked about it on the air. They... They had a moment of silence for him in the ballpark last night and put his picture up. And when the news came down, he had passed away at age 68. Only appropriate. Very nice touch. Mm-hmm. Very nice touch. And remembrances of uh, Charles Krauthammer and uh, word of a Fox News special on Charles, which you can watch tonight. It's all ahead. So last night at 6 o'clock, I'm heavily into show prep in my home office, um, putting things together for the show this morning. And I'm watching the front end of Fox Special Report. In for anchor Brett Baer was John Roberts, their fine White House correspondent, who once upon a time was being groomed to replace Dan Rather as anchor at CBS News. Really is very, very good as an anchor. Very, very good. Excellent as a reporter. But he really showed some heart as he handled the situation that developed when all of a sudden there was the breaking news at about 10 or 15 minutes into the broadcast that Charles Krauthammer had died at age 68 following a bout with cancer. He had said a few weeks ago that he only had a few weeks to live and that his fight was over. And um, we've lost a conservative giant here. Um, I wasn't always with him, 
on things, but everything he ever said was so well thought out. He was so brilliant and his arguments so logical. And he never really raised his voice. He had a twinkle in his eye. In part, he didn't raise his voice because it was difficult for him to. He was paralyzed virtually from the neck down with only a little movement in his hands after a diving accident when he was 22. 46 years he lived with this incredible disability that would have that would have just taken the wind out of sails of, of the sails of anybody of lesser fiber than Charles Krauthammer. He never let it deter him from living the life he wanted to live. He got married. He had a son. He became a Pulitzer Prize-winning columnist and author. And, of course, he was the prime figure on the Fox News special report panel for years. Juan Williams was on that panel, too. He's the liberal on the Fox News special report panel. And he sat next to Charles for a decade. And then when they went to special coverage, remembering Charles Krauthammer, there was Juan Williams last night saying, you know what, I didn't agree with Charles on things politically, but I considered him such a good friend because he was such a fine man. And he was, as Juan Williams, the liberal, said, a conservative giant without equal. That was a great, great American intellect. He's been described as the leading conservative thinker and writer of his generation, and I don't think there's any argument. That's Charles Crowdhammer. Yeah, absolutely right. And to have a liberal say that speaks to how respected Charles Crowdhammer was all across the political spectrum. Now, listen to anchor from last night, the substitute anchor John Roberts. He had a story that speaks, I think, to the to the genius of Charles Krauthammer and the commitment to living a full life despite being almost completely paralyzed from the neck down from that diving accident when he was so young. Charles was a huge baseball fan, as we've discussed, and he found an innovative way to teach the game he loved to his son. The one thing that he wanted to be able to do was teach his son how to play baseball. And so he got a dog, and he taught the dog how to retrieve a tennis ball. And then he had the guy who cuts his lawn mark out on his back lawn of his uh, place just north of Washington a rough baseball diamond. And then he had somebody fashion, because as we've seen in these pictures, he had some limited use of his right hand, something that he could put the, the tennis ball on the end of and toss it. So what he did was he went out there a little bit in front of the home plate, and he had his son there with the bat, and he had the dog who was at his side ready to go, and he would get the tennis ball and put it in that little device. He would toss it across the plate. His son would take a swing at it, and if he hit it, the dog would run out and retrieve the ball and bring it back and drop it in Charles's lap. And, and that was the way that a man who was paralyzed from the neck down could teach his son how to play baseball. Boy, there's a lesson that Charles Krauthammer had for everybody, regardless of whether they agreed with him politically. What a shining example, Yaffe, he was of handling adversity. You know, they say that 90% of life is, um, you know, is 10% of life is what happens to you. 90% is how you respond to it. And, uh, and he just went on with his life and did whatever he wanted to do. And he found a way, as that story illustrates. And he never seemed to be bitter. He never seemed to be downtrodden. He was upbeat. And boy, I got to tell you, 
he was a terrific conservative voice. And the kind of voice, as you were saying on your show last night, Beyond Reason here, we could use a little more of right now in our political discourse. I was really thinking that this week, with the way things were this week, all the heated rhetoric, the outrage, everything is outrageous. It was nice to hear someone who was logical and just said what he thought and had an intelligent opinion. He was a voice of reason. And I, I used to play him on my show all the time, audio of him on my show all the time, and I miss him already. Yeah, well, he'll live on forever, but the voice has been silenced. Charles Krauthammer, gone at 68, a special on Fox News tonight. If you're not home tonight on a Friday, you might want to DVR this. I know that I will be. Charles Krauthammer, his words, 60 minutes worth on Fox starting at 9 tonight. An update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic for you, followed by the Rush Morning Update here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us on a Friday at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here, right now for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top stories this morning immigration bills face tough sledding on Capitol Hill. And the magic get a big man. We'll have details coming up in one minute. We're talking about immigration. We're talking about the border. Zero tolerance. And I've got some fresh Trump tweets all served up next on Good Morning Orlando. 803 on News Radio 1025. In Washington, House Republicans are postponing a vote on a compromise immigration reform bill until next week. A more hardline bill was voted down in the House yesterday. Meanwhile, on the Senate floor, Florida Republican Marco Rubio urged Congress to act on separations of immigrant families. He and GOP colleagues have introduced legislation that will allow us to house families together while pending their hearing. Some will qualify for asylum and get to stay. Others will have to return together. Is it perfect? No. The United States government is not in the business of housing families. Rubio says the Senate bill adds 200 new judges to help expedite asylum hearings for cases that involve families with children. First Lady Melania Trump is being criticized for wearing a jacket that read, I really don't care, do you, on her way to an immigrant children's detention center. The fashion choice got backlash on social media with many expressing bewilderment over the statement. A spokesperson for the First Lady said there was no deep meaning in the jacket. Yeah, we got into that earlier. The president tweets that it was um, Melania's statement against fake news, that uh, they were so bad she just didn't care anymore. But the First Lady's not saying that. No. Her spokesperson saying it's just the jacket. Let's talk about what she was doing down there at the border. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know either. Neither do I. That That's the deal. I do not know what the message is. But if you're the first lady, I don't think you put a jacket on like that without some kind of message in mind. But we don't really know what it is. <laughs> this anyway, anything else going on? Well, no, that's it. But uh, that's, that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, this news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And luckily for them, there's more news. A new Fox News poll shows Florida Republicans are still somewhat undecided on who they'll support in the governor's race. The poll shows two candidates getting about half of GOP support. State Agriculture Commissioner Adam Putnam with 32 percent and Congressman Ron DeSantis with 17 percent. But those numbers aren't set in stone. 39 percent of Florida Republicans remain uncommitted to a candidate and nearly half who have decided say they could change their mind before November. 
Where the candidates stand on issues could sway support. Top concerns for Florida Republicans, immigration, health care, the economy, and gun control in the race to succeed two-term Governor Rick Scott, who's running for the Senate. Gernal Scott, Fox News. And just handed me by our intrepid executive producer, Yaffe, a Trump tweet on the Florida governor's race. Really? I will have it in a moment, Alan. Oh, man, I can't wait. Well, you're going to have to. Darn. Can't have everything you want when you want it. Well, guess what? I got more news. All right, we like that. It just keeps coming. SpaceX has a milestone to celebrate. The company's been awarded the first military contract for its Falcon Heavy rocket. The Air Force is giving SpaceX $130 million to launch a classified mission in the year 2020. The Falcon Heavy is the world's most powerful rocket, and you might remember it completed its first demonstration flight after a launch from uh, Cape Canaveral four months ago. Three Kissimmee residents are facing charges for running a credit card skimming operation. The State Agriculture and Consumer Services Department says the suspect stole credit and debit card info from gas station pumps. That information was then allegedly used to make fake cards that were used to fill bladder trucks with gas that was then sold on the black market. The Orlando Magic had the number six pick in last night's NBA draft and selected Texas center Mohamed Bamba. The seven-footer averaged 3.7 blocks in his lone season with the Longhorns. Magic president of basketball operations Jeff Weltman was excited. Uh, we are elated to get Mo Bamba. We, um, we uh, jumped through the roof when he was available, and um, we look forward to a very bright future with Mo. And Mo Bamba is looking forward to coming to Orlando. I'm very excited to, to be a part of the team. I know a lot of the guys. I know John, you know, pretty extensively, and he's a guy who, who I've known since I was in high school. Bamba referring to Magic forward Jonathan Isaac. The Magic also picked up two-lane forward Melvin Frazier and Maryland forward Justin Jackson in round two. The guy is like seven feet tall, seven foot ten inch wingspan, wingspan. fingertip to fingertip when he stretches his arms out. And that's apparently longer than anybody currently playing in the NBA. He could really clog up the middle, couldn't he? Yeah. And we could uh, dry a lot of laundry on his arms, too. Uh, oh, there's a thought. <laughs> Get know, our when money's he's, worth, right? When he's not busy. There you go. <laughs> the ma- let's see. <laughs> what? Hey, guess what? That's the end of the news. WFLA news time is 8.08. A man out on bail strips naked, breaks into an apartment, and chokes a dog. <laughs> the dog is going to be okay. That story is online at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. I'm losing my grip. You're a bad influence on me. You're too funny. You just <laughs> you just noticed I'm a bad influence? <laughs> Alan, we love it when you're bringing us the news here on Friday. Devil will be back, as always, on Monday. Yaffe's in the control room, as always, Monday through Friday. And alongside him taking calls, Stephanie, 407-916-5400, if you got something to say. And the text line's always open, never busy, 23680. There are standard message and data rate supply. Uh, President Trump, just moments ago, letting us know who he wants to see win the Republican primary for governor in the state of Florida. Be interesting to see how that plays out. I'll tell you what he is tweeting, and he's also tweeting what looks to me to be uh, an acknowledgement of political reality in Congress and a shift in strategy in terms of immigration reform. So that's coming up and a whole lot more as well. Good morning, Orlando. From the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. 
here on the 50,000-watt front porch. Dead ahead, an update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic that I'll have for you here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. That's got to be sweet music to DeSantis's ears here because he's down 15. Kind of a sour note for fellow Republican Adam Putnam. It'll be interesting to see whether or not the president getting vocal in his support of Ron DeSantis here uh, prize some loose who are undecided to the tune of 39%. But at any rate, let's move on to other things here. You've been hearing about these two immigration bills in the House. One died yesterday, the hardline bill. The compromise bill, they are tweaking. They may throw E-Verify into it. They don't have enough votes now. They've kicked it into next week. As Alan was telling you, the headline with the compromise immigration bill in the House is this. It fully funds up front to the tune of at least $25 billion Trump's border wall, which is what we need to solve so many problems, from illegal immigration to to cutting off the flow of these opioid drugs coming into this country and just destroying Americans ruining their lives, ending their lives. I mean, it's a great way to stop anybody who has uh, terrorist inclinations from getting across the border. It's much more than an illegal immigration here that the wall would deal with. But the compromise bill funds the wall, but it also gives a path to citizenship to the dreamers. And a lot of conservatives won't go for that. I'd go for that in a heartbeat to get the wall built because of all that that would do. Okay? I'd go for that in a heartbeat, and I would be fine with amnesty for the dreamers if that's what it took to get the wall. What about you? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. You can't get everything you want in a negotiation, okay? But it is pretty clear to me that the president sees We're heading for a dead-end road in this congressional session. And he has pretty much outlined that reality in a couple of other tweets that Yaffe handed me earlier this morning from the president. Even if we get 100% Republican votes in the Senate, and by the way, anything that might pass in the House, and I don't think either one of these is going to, but it doesn't matter. If you go to the Senate, they need 60 votes, and it's not going to happen. Okay, So we're not going to get... The wall, the immigration reform, whatever form it might take, it's not going to happen in this session of Congress. And the president has shifted his strategy as a result of that reality. Tweeting this, even if we get 100% Republican votes in the Senate, we need 10 Democrat votes to get the much-needed immigration bill. And the Democrats are obstructionists. They will not give votes for political reasons and because they don't care about crime coming from the border. So we need to elect more Republicans. Tweeting further, elect more Republicans in November. We'll pass the finest, fairest, and most comprehensive immigration bills anywhere in the world. Right now, we have the dumbest and worst. Democrats are doing nothing but obstructing. Remember their motto, resist. Ours is produce. Yaffe and I like that motto from the president. But that's an interesting shift. And um, you know what? It just may be, and we've talked about it before, that we're not going to have a Democrat blue wave in the midterms. We're going to have a red Republican wave And that could be the key to everything when it comes to getting the wall and getting immigration dealt with in the legislature in Congress. 407-916-5400. Let me ask you, if you're like me, you want the wall. Would you accept amnesty for the dreamers if we got the wall? I would in a heartbeat. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Standard message and data rates apply there. Tell me. Or 
No amnesty in any form for anybody. You'll give up the wall to stop any form of amnesty. I don't think that makes any sense. But maybe you do. 407-916-5400. I'm squeezing a lot in here, and I want to squeeze you in, too. Be quick and focused when I go to the phones in just a moment. Um, You know, the president has been all about zero tolerance and says nothing's changed there, even though he's... um, He's caved on this uh, on this deal with the with separating the kids out from their families on the border, et cetera. Here is the president expressing why zero tolerance is so important and what would happen if we gave it up. If we took zero tolerance away, you would be overrun as a you'd have millions of people pouring through our border. If you took zero tolerance away, everybody would come. And here's what bothers me. Now, Washington Post and CNN reports indicate that uh, email traffic from the Trump administration indicates they may be suspending zero tolerance along the border. This cannot happen. If you don't think zero tolerance is an important deterrent to more of these families coming across the border, listen to these two moms on the Mexico side of the border speaking to Fox News through an interpreter. I just found out yesterday, and if this is so, I'll just go back. I don't want to be separated from my kid. If it comes to the choice where I have to choose between my kids and crossing, I'll keep my kids. Zero tolerance. Got to have it. The wall. Got to have it. And I would give the DACA's a path to citizenship if I got the wall in return. And I'm asking you if you would do it as well. Tom, I think you have strong feelings. Welcome aboard. You're on with a bud man from Orlando. Hi, Tom. Hi. How you doing, bud? Good, man. Uh, Ronald Reagan and the Republicans had already given amnesty for a wall, a secure border, and never speaking of amnesty ever again. The Democrats lied 100 percent of the way, and they deserve nothing. We already gave our end. They need to live up to their period. Well, it's another day and it's another time. And and the Democrats, I, I, I don't I don't see them doing. I mean, if you could get. If you could get the wall, would you be willing to give the DACA's a path to citizenship or not? I would do it under one condition. If they receive no benefits for two generations as well as never being able to vote. All right. Interesting. Lots of luck on that. But that's what he wants. To Coco, Roger, good morning. Good morning to you, Roger. Yeah, bud. Uh, yeah, my comment is amnesty, if that means... Uh, automatic citizenship and definitely not if it means legal residency where they have to go through the uh, normal legal procedure to become a citizen then i could live with that but if it's uh, automatic citizenship then definitely not got it thanks raj ultimately it's an exercise in legislative futility in this session of congress i don't see him getting this thing through the house the one that survived yesterday and they'll deal with next week and in the Senate, it's all going to die with no Democrat support. And I think the president's looking to the next session of Congress and let's elect enough Republicans so we can get this stuff done, no matter what the heck the Democrats are up to. Yaffe, your thoughts and the text line, please. Well, we have one texter who says this, bud, says, fooled me once, no amnesty until the wall is built. And I have to tell you, that's why I'm very torn on this, because I think you're right politically. In order to get funding for the wall, you're going to have to compromise a little bit. But there's always that concern I have that we're going to once again promise border security and not get it. So we'll give amnesty right away, but then we'll never get the border security as promised. I wish there was a way we could get border security first 
But like you said, that seems almost politically impossible. It certainly is in this session of Congress. Um, yeah. Things could change if we can get enough conservative Republicans elected this November. Bottom of the hour, Alan Spector bringing us the news update on what's going on in Capitol Hill with immigration reform efforts really slow going. And uh, Tampa Bay Bucks quarterback Jameis Winston, if you enjoy watching him play, he's not going to be on the field for the first three games. What's the deal there? All the news coming up. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studios at LauraHasTheBuyers.com. Good morning to you at 829. Alan Spector with us now. In a moment, you're going to have more on what's going on in Capitol Hill and these uh, immigration uh, uh, legislation we have been discussing, and we continue to get heavy incoming on the phones. Including this from Chris in Orlando. Good morning, Chris. Uh, Good morning. I'm the former director, executive director of Legal Immigrants for America and currently the producer of Illegal Aliens versus America, a theatrical documentary. And I firmly believe that the president has to stand strong on this position, at the very least until the elections in November. And six months from now, we'll have a new uh, batch of congressmen and senators. I'm confident we're going to sweep this election. And at that point, we should be able to get our wall financed without caving in on amnesty. You know, it's interesting what you say, Chris, but, Alan, that would fly in the face of history. You know, when you get to the the midterms for the first term of a presidency, almost always the other party picks up seats. But maybe not this time. I understand that, Bud, but also Trump's election flies in the face of history, too. And the American public is fed up with the lies and emotional manipulation they've been getting from the news media and the establishment politicians. They've had enough, and they're waking up. Well, the president being elected showed that anything is possible in politics. I hesitate to make any predictions about anything at this point. Yeah, really, yeah. I I couldn't agree with you more. We're starting from a whole new baseline. Yes, we really are, and it's hard to know where all of this is going. But back to the efforts on Capitol Hill to get something done. Yeah, Republican leaders are delaying a vote on an immigration bill that had the backing of President Trump, Fox's Jared Halpern has more from Capitol Hill. A planned vote on what's described as a consensus immigration bill drafted by House Republican leaders was put on hold first so rank-and-file Republicans could get questions answered. After that session, the decision was made by GOP leaders to hold off on a vote until next week. This will give us time, I think, to work out our differences. We have a lot of different factions in our, our conference. But House Homeland Security Committee Chairman Michael McCall is still optimistic Republicans will find the votes. A more conservative immigration bill was defeated in the House Thursday. More than 40 Republicans voted no, along with every Democrat. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. U.S. Senator Bill Nelson will be in South Florida tomorrow to visit the Homestead Temporary Shelter for Unaccompanied Children. The Florida Democrat's office says he'll speak to some of the 94 kids there who were separated from their families and find out exactly what's being done to reunite them with those families. Despite denying him access to the facility on Tuesday, Health and Human Services Department officials have assured Nelson that he will be allowed inside the facility to meet with the kids when he arrives tomorrow afternoon. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Thanks to a new U.S. Supreme Court ruling, you'll have to pay state sales tax when you buy something online. However, economist Kurt Wenner with Florida Tax Watch says, technically, you've always been required to pay. This money has, has always legally been owed, so, but no, you know, most people don't realize it. You know, they're actually supposed to contact the Florida Department of Revenue and get this form to fill out and remit the taxes that they pay 
that they should have paid online. Now the court says the state can require online businesses to collect sales tax even if they have no physical presence in the state. Winner says that will help state revenue and remove a disadvantage for brick-and-mortar businesses who could also benefit if the windfall allows Florida to lower business taxes or the overall sales tax rate. Orlando International Airport says it's the first airport in the nation to require facial scanning for all international passengers coming and going. Phil Brown with the Greater Orlando Aviation Authority says it'll make it a lot easier to get on the plane. It's an easy uh, process for them. They walk through the lanes get the check mark when they get their photo recognized and they're on the plane. OIA handles 6 million international passengers a year. I wouldn't be surprised if that works to their satisfaction if we start seeing that on domestic flights. And I guess OIA is the test case. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's really no turning back at this point. I think once you go in that direction, it's going to be full force. We'll see. All the way. Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston is facing a three-game suspension to begin the 2018 NFL season. Multiple reports say the league will suspend Winston for allegedly groping an Uber driver in Scottsdale, Arizona in March of 2016. Ryan Fitzpatrick would likely start under center in Winston's absence. Winston denies this, right? But the NFL says we got enough evidence, you're out for three games, right? Yeah, and uh, Winston no stranger to... uh, Difficulties. Controversy in his life off the field, yep. Elsewhere, bud, Mm -hmm. a new study claims drinking coffee is a good way to have a healthy heart and four cups a day may be best. German researchers studied caffeinated lab mice and dosed human tissues with caffeine. They found that a shot of caffeine made certain proteins inside older adult cells perform more like young cells. One of the lead researchers says drinking four to five cups of coffee a day seems to improve what he called the powerhouses of cells. He says that seems to be protective of the cells. Three cups a day is about it for the Bud Man here. Otherwise, I start bouncing off the walls and I can't sleep at night. Yaffe, would this make you a coffee drinker? The news Alan brings us here this morning? No, I like cold coffee. I'm not a fan of hot coffee. Well, I think that's okay. I don't think but, anybody um, cares about the temperature. It's what's in the stuff. <laughs> but um, I more than one cup i yeah i'm kind of like you i'm kind of bouncing <laughs> off the walls <laughs> yeah get jittery i don't like being jittery what about you alan you're heading over for the coffee machine now and then you go right by my office i have uh, uh at least two cups in the morning when i'm here at work yeah and uh usually that's it mm-hmm. but i'm thinking about having av- more now well yeah yeah I'm, that's <laughs> yeah. an interesting report i'm uh, yeah i'm all for younger cells what else you got the cast of roseanne Returning to TV without Roseanne Barr. Wait a minute, a Roseanne-less Roseanne? You got it. ABC announced it's working on a spinoff that will premiere in the fall with the working title The Connors. The network said Barr will have no involvement in the new series. She said in a statement she agreed to a settlement so the cast and crew could keep their jobs and she wishes them all the best. In other words, they paid her to go away. Got it, but I don't think it works without Roseanne. I guess we'll see. Yeah, and if you enjoy going to Walt Disney World... Check this out. Disneyland is testing a concept that would charge visitors by the hour. California Adventures' highly anticipated Pixar Pier is opening a day early today for dedicated fans who pay $299 or 50 bucks an hour to get in. The Wall Street Journal reports the sneak peek party is to see if people would pay a premium to avoid crowds. This comes as Disneyland makes major changes to its annual passes and ticket prices all ahead of next year's opening of 
Star Wars Land at yeah. Disneyland and Disney World. Boy, that's a whole new concept. I don't know how that's going to play. Pay by the hour. How would you enforce that? <laughs> like, you get in and <laughs> you're past your hour? Like, well, how would that, you? That's a great point. Are they going to have, like, the equivalent of meter maids walking around? Well, you, you know, can, and... maybe you yeah. could have some kind of pass that you carry around and it would be good for, like, two hours or three hours. And then it doesn't work. Right. That's probably how they'll do it. That's probably how they'll or, do it. Or they'll just charge you if you're there past an hour. They'll automatically charge you for it. Or they'll make you sit in the Hall of Presidents for the rest of the day. <laughs> hey, I love the Hall of Presidents. That'll work for me. <laughs> I don't know about all day. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Alan. Sure. Alan Spector with the news on Friday. Coming right up, the once-a-day sound judgment game. Fun and games and your chance to win a great family prize. The mascot games. All the great sports mascots. Stuff for the magic and all the rest of them and competing in these amazing fun games at the Amway Center. And you're going on us if you're a sound judgment winner. Be a hero to your kids and grandkids. Take them along. we got a family four-pack to the mascot games, 407-916-5400. you got to call now to lock in as a contestant on sound judgment, 407-916-5400. We'll have the game after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. And that's coming your way in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. All right, we're ready to go with our sound judgment, sound cut, and question right after Steph tells us more about this great prize we're playing for this morning. That's right, bud. So today we have a great four-pack of tickets to see the mascot games presented by Wawa this Saturday, June 23rd at 2 p.m. See Stuff, Nitro, Kingston, and over 20 fan favorites battle it out through wacky games. For tickets, visit 1025wfla.com, keyword tickets, benefiting new hope for kids. And if you want to play, 407-916-5400. Now, as we discussed earlier, Fox News commentator and Pulitzer Prize-winning writer Charles Krauthammer, the great conservative, has died at age 68 after a battle with cancer. Uh, You may not know that Charles started out as a doctor. As you listen to some sound of him describing his conversion from liberalism to conservatism as a young man, use your sound judgment to tell me what kind of doctor Charles Krauthammer was. I began to re-examine the premises of this kind of great society liberalism I believed in. And over time, and with the accumulation of evidence, I thought to achieve the same ends, a humane, a decent society that works well and provides for everyone, uh, a small government conservatism is the far more accurate answer for any society. The late, great Charles Krauthammer, dead at age 68. Dr. Krauthammer, the question on the table... What kind of doctor was he? Line one, go ahead. Good morning. Um, I think that he was a psychiatrist. I think you're right. Oh, good for me. I think you're going to the mascot games. Who's going along with you? I don't know. (laughs) I'm sure you'll find somebody. Congratulations, my dear. What's your name? My name is Nancy. Nancy, where are you calling me from this morning? I'm calling from Orlando. Wonderful. Great town, great contestant. Congratulations. Dr. Krauthammer was a psychiatrist, and you're going to the mascot games. You're going to have a great, great time. Let me put you on hold. I'm getting a little bit backed up on time, Nancy. I'd love to talk more, but you and Steph will work things out, okay? Thanks so much. Wonderful to have you with us. Thanks for listening to Good Morning Orlando. And I'll put it right on hold there. 
Good morning, Orlando, in the home stretch right now. Last night I was uh, rocked right in the middle of show prep as I was watching Fox Special Report with Brett Baer at 6 o'clock. Substituting for him was John Roberts, their great White House correspondent. And uh, 10 or 15 minutes in, suddenly came the breaking news on the passing of Charles Krauthammer, who was just the anchor of that great panel that they have on Special Report and uh, was just a great conservative um, spokesman for so many years, converted from liberalism years ago, as you heard on our Sound Cut and the Sound Judgment game here. And he had, um, he had written a few weeks ago that his cancer had come back and uh, that the doctors weren't going to be able to stop it and that they gave him a couple of weeks to live. And it turns out the doctors pretty much nailed it. And Charles Krauthammer lost his fight with cancer after an extraordinary life um, at age 68, at age 22, in the prime of life while he was in medical school, on the way to becoming a doctor of psychiatry, as we just learned, um, he dived into uh, the shallow end of a pool and he broke his neck. And except for very limited use of his hands, he was completely paralyzed from the neck down for 46 years. He got married, was still married the day he died, had a son, and an extraordinary career. And we've lost a great conservative voice. And they're going to pay tribute to him tonight with a one-hour special, Charles Krauthammer, his words on Fox at 9 o'clock tonight. And I'm going to make sure to either watch it or record it, and I recommend you do as well. Yaffe, what was so unique about Charles Krauthammer, not only was he such an intellect, and um, and he, he could express things in such common language that everyone could understand. He did it with a twinkle in his eye, and he would skewer the left and the liberals, but he always hit him with a velvet hammer. He was a kind and gentle as well as brilliant man, and he made his points crystal clear for the conservative cause without, you know, without just being obnoxious about it, you know? Yeah, he is definitely, he was definitely very likable. I mean, even even the leftists on a lot of these panels that he would talk to and debate with, they couldn't help but like the guy because his points made sense. But like you said, he was always very nice and genuine when he said them. And he was really, he was really a giant. But more than that, he's an inspiration to us all. And he'll never be forgotten for the way he handled extraordinary adversity in his life. Even even the way he handled finding out that he was probably going to die in a couple of weeks, which ended up happened, he said, I have no regrets. I had a great life. I've lived the you know? life I've intended, you know. Yeah. My my fight is over. And, um, boy, i got to tell you, I mean, for anybody, and, and we're all this way, we get down in the dumps about our situation and our circumstances and our adversity. Think about the great Charles Krauthammer and what he became, and he never seemed to be bitter or downtrodden about his physical circumstances. What an extraordinary man. May God rest his soul. We're done. Have a great weekend. Thanks. God bless you and God bless America.